Pastors Michael and Brenda Brunzo welcome you and thank you for listening to the following message. This message was recorded during a regular service at Faith Fellowship Church. The Bible tells us in Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So we believe this message will encourage and strengthen you in your daily walk of faith. God bless you as you listen. Hallelujah. Well, good morning, everybody. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We'll see if some folks get on here real quick. Hallelujah. Sorry, we're a few minutes late. But... What can I say? I'm not perfect. If you follow our business page, you got to hear a song a few minutes ago because I was on the wrong page. Oh, God is good. <laughs> good morning, everybody. Hallelujah. Just want to get on here for a few minutes and share a little bit of word with you. <laughs> Still can't believe I did that. But it's good to be with you this morning. It's good to, to know that Jesus is Lord, that Jesus is King, that we serve a good and a faithful God. Hallelujah. But if you've got your Bibles with you this morning, I'm going to be going to the book of Habakkuk, second chapter. We'll share a little bit of word with you. I won't keep you long. I know it's a rainy Sunday morning. I think the rain may have stopped a little bit here for right now, but hallelujah. But God is so good to us. Man, we serve a great God. Hallelujah. But the book of Habakkuk, chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, this is the New King James Version. It says, I will stand my watch and set myself on the rampart and watch to see what he will say to me and what I'll answer when I'm corrected. Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision, make it plain on tablets, that he may run who reads it, for the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak, it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Hallelujah. God is so good. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father God, we're thankful today, Lord God, for your grace, for your mercy, for your love, Lord. Thank you, Lord God, that you are a healer, Lord. God, that you pour healing out upon us, Lord God, that by the stripes that Jesus received on his back, 
Lord God, before his crucifixion, Lord, we are healed, Lord God. We were healed. It's already done in the name of Jesus, and we thank you for that, God. All we got to do is begin to walk in those things, Lord God. We honor you today, Lord. Ask you, Father, that you just have your way, Lord, as we try to share the word, Lord God. Father, we know that your word is anointed, Lord. We ask you, Father, that you just anoint us, that we would speak the word with simplicity, with understanding, with accuracy, Lord. God, that it would bless your people, Lord God, that they might, Lord, like King David said, take it and hide it in the heart that they might not sin against you, Lord. We honor you, God. Father, we ask you, Lord, that you just let us be an encouragement today. God, let us do, Lord God, something, Lord God, to build your kingdom, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. So we're reading here and... and Habakkuk's talking about getting up on the wall and taking his place up on the rampart and taking his place in the watch and praying to God and telling God, okay, God, you got, you got to correct me. You got to let me know what's going on. You got to tell me what to do. And God says, I'm going to give you a vision and you got to write the vision down the way that I tell you to write it down. And you got to make it plain. You got to write it on tablets and you got to give it to the runners so that the runners can take it to the people and begin to tell the people just exactly what I want them to do. Proverbs 29, 18 says, where there is no vision, the people perish. You know, vision's the 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 number one distinguishing mark in, in great leaders. It's what separates mediocre Christians from from passionate Christians, from uh, from the ho hum to the extraordinary, from from those folks that we don't care if we're around or not to those people that we want to have contact with and we want to to let them build into our lives. You know, we say that they're a man or they're a woman of vision. So the Bible says that we walk by faith and not by sight. That means that we, we've got a vision. We've got a vision of not the way that things are, but it's the way that things should be. We don't see it in the natural. It's not manifest in the natural yet, but we see it in our mind's eye, in our imagination, in our future self. We see those things that God has called us to be. We see things not the way they are, but the way that they ought to be. Vision gives us the ability to see from where we are to where we're going. Vision gives us the ability to see what will be and not just what is. Godly vision enables us to see the invisible. Because it hadn't made itself manifest yet. 2 Corinthians 4.18 says, So we fix our eyes on what, <clears throat> not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Vision gives us the chance to see what we're believing for. 
gives us the chance to see what God desires for us. Gives us the chance to see who we are in Christ and what we have in Him. Hallelujah. Gives us the chance to see what we're believing for. My wife and I were talking the other day, and, and she asked me the question, what are you believing God for? And to be honest with you, to be completely transparent there, for a minute I was stumped. I, I named some things. And, but she was like, those are all things that everybody's entitled to. Just as a Christian, you're entitled to those things that you've been naming that you're believing God for. Everybody's entitled for that. That's part of being a Christian. You, you get that anyway. What demands are you putting on God? So I had to think for a minute. And then I named some things. But here we are. We got to have the vision. We got to see those things that God wants for us and what we want in God. Habakkuk 2, 1 through 4, this is the New Living Translation. You know, you know this is a critical, critical time. Uh, Habakkuk's complaining to God about a situation, and what it is, is it's the imminent invasion of Babylon, or by Babylon. Babylon's getting ready to come in and, and invade Israel. Man, Israel's always at war. We're always at war spiritually. The enemy is coming and he, he's trying to destroy and he's trying to tear down and he's trying trying to stop whatever God is wanting to do. And and so here he is. He he's complaining to God, you know, and telling God, Okay, God, what do we want to do? And so God answers him. Habakkuk chapter two, verses one through four. This is the New Living Translation now. Said I will climb up to my watchtower and stand at my guard post. There I will wait to see what the Lord says and how he will answer my complaint. Then the Lord said to me, write my answer plainly on tablets so that a runner can carry the correct message to the others. This vision is for a future time. It describes the end. It will be fulfilled. If it seems slow in coming, wait patiently for it will surely take place. It will not be delayed. So I want to talk to you this morning about the process of vision. The process of vision. And we'll see how this goes. We, this might be a short message. It might be a long message. So hang in there with me. As I said before, depends on which preacher shows up. <laughs> Hallelujah. So the process of vision. What we got to do first thing is we got to wait and see what God says. We got to listen to what God will say. Vision will come through prayer. Vision will come through revelation. Vision is imparted from the Spirit of God to you. Vision is not just a list of things that you want, although that list is important. And here's the thing Jesus doesn't want to fit into your vision. 
He wants you to fit into his vision. The book of Jeremiah says, For I know the plans that I have for you, plans of good and not for evil, to give you a determined end. That's not the whole thing. I missed part of it. But you get the idea. God has plans for you. And God wants you to be part of the plan. God wants you to get in on it. He wants you to fit into his his, his vision. You know, uh, the other night we were listening to that to a podcast with uh, Ron Carpenter. And if you don't know who Ron Carpenter is, he pastors two mega churches, one on the East Coast. Um in uh, Greenville, South Carolina, and, and one, I believe the other one's in San Jose, California. And, and he was talking about vision, and he said, we spend too much time looking at our past and at our past experiences. He said, and that's like looking in a closet, because we've got those things stored. When we really should be looking ahead to our future and which is found in God and God's as vast as the universe. You know, it's unimaginable what God wants to do with us, but we have to get a vision for it. We have to be willing to get in that place and get in the process of of getting a vision. We we got to learn. We got to wait. We don't like to wait. You know uh, that word "wait" means to stay where one is or to delay action until a particular time or until something happens. And they're synonyms for wait. Stand by. Hold back. Be patient. Bide one's time. Cool your heels. Pause. Stop. Cease. Halt. Discontinue. Rest. Hold on. Sit tight. Hold your horses. Anticipate. Expect. Be ready. Be in readiness, long for, hope for, and count the days until. Those are all synonyms for waiting. And, and so here, here we are, we're talking about vision, about possessing some, something, about accomplishing something, about moving forward and toward the future for what God has for us and the first instruction that we have is wait. We're not awaiting people. Let me give you a little illustration. The waiting room. The waiting room is a land where time seemingly stands still. It's a place where life gets put on hold. You know, in my doctor's office, when I have to go to the doctor, I always try to get the first appointment in the morning, the earliest that I can, because he's not running behind me. If I go to the doctor any other time during the day, I'm going to have to wait. 
and while I'm waiting, it feels like hours have passed, and it feels like time is just dragging on, and I look down at my watch, and it's been 20 minutes. When we're in the waiting room, it, you know, it seems like progress has come to a screeching halt. You know, one of the greatest exhortations in the Word of God is to wait on the Lord. And I know the wait on the Lord has has different meanings. You know, it means to serve and to to do other things. But the waiting, the the being still, and the knowing and trusting God that He's got things working together for our good is difficult sometimes. You know, even though God promises that that special blessing for waiting, waiting is one of the most difficult commands in the scripture why is it so hard why is it so difficult because as part of fallen humanity we're prone to take matters into our own hands we're prone to follow our own schemes but repeatedly in the word of God, we're told, wait upon the Lord. You know, we have a dislike for waiting, especially in this I want it now society that we live in. You know, our society that's grown accustomed to uh, immediate gratification, you know, due to modern technology and all the conveniences, the telephones, the refrigerators, freezers, microwaves. Fast food, airplanes, you know, we, we've got a lot of things just immediately on our fingertips. And, and, you know, just think of the speed of a computer now compared to just a few years ago. You know, it used to be that you would type something in and it'd take forever for, for your computer to pop it up. But now it's just like a snap of fingers and, and, and it's done. Isaiah 40, 31 says this, But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. We find our strength in the waiting. The strength to be able to run the race comes first in the waiting. And here's the thing. God doesn't change his mind every three months. You know, a, a lot of times we'll want to do something un, until it becomes difficult. And when it gets difficult, then we want to change gears and we want to do something different. But God wants us to be faithful. He wants us to be committed. He wants us to look to Him and to be able to trust Him and to do the things that He has called us to do. You know, God has plans for us and we've got to get to that place where, okay, God, I'm trusting you, Lord. I'm trusting you. I'm believing you. I know that you want me to do these things. Give me the patience to wait on you, to trust you, to believe you, to get a vision that these things are going to be accomplished. So we got to wait. Waiting's hard. 
Second thing we could do, we got to write the vision down. Verse 2 of our reading this morning, it's, it says to write the vision and make it plain. You know, what, what, what has the Lord spoken to you? What direction has he given you? What promises has he made to you? What revelation has he given you? Uh, do you have it written down? I find out if I don't write things down, I forget them. Do you have a list of things that you're hoping for? That you're believing for? Do you have specific things that you are praying over? Do you have goals that you're working towards? Does your family have a list of things that they're believing for? That you pray over together? Man of God, woman of God, have you written things down that you pray over as a couple? So you and your wife can pray over the thing until it comes to pass. So that you can see it come to pass. So that you can know that you are in agreement and you are believing for things. We're two or more touch and agree. Are you and your wife on the same page? Are you trusting? Are you believing God to do great things? Are they clearly defined? You know, if they're goals for your family, does your family understand what they are? Let me give you an illustration here. My wife is a list maker. I go in and I sit down at her desk. <clears throat> we have separate desks. They're both a mess. Mine's worse than hers. But I go in and her computer has the software on it where I pay all the bills. So. I go in and I sit down at her desk to pay bills or to do some work for the business on her computer and, and, and she's got a list there. She's got a list of goals of things she wants for the business. Somewhere else she might have a list of things that she wants to accomplish for herself. But then there's a honey-do list for me. And I don't know about you, but I work better with a list. She can ask me to do a dozen things, and I'll, I'll, I'll let it slip. And I tell her, you know, there's no need to nag me every six months to get something done. Um, just kidding. Well, sort of. But if she asks me to do something, I might let it slip. But if she gives me a list, if she writes that list out and she gives it to me and says, here's a few things that I'd like for you to take care of. A lot of times I'll take and I'll work on that list until it's done. 
you know, when we first got married and, and she took her first vacation after we got married, you know, and, and she made a list out of what she wanted to accomplish while she was off on vacation that week. And, and so Monday morning, you know, she's working on that list all weekend long. And, and Monday morning we get up and, and, I, I see her list and I go to work on some things and she's working on some things and, and we're crossing things off the list and when we sit down that evening I get her list we're enjoying a coke out on the patio and asked her what else you want to get done this week where's the rest of your list she looks at me and she's smiling she's crying she's so there isn't anything else. She said, a list like this by myself would have taken me all week long. So I never had anybody to help me like this before. Make the list. Write it down. To get somewhere, you got to know where you're going. You, you know, if we're planning a trip, and we don't put in a destination, then my phone's not going to be able to give me the directions to get there. I have to put the des destination in first. And you can't have direction without destination. You know, in, in the scripture that we read this morning, the Lord has an important vision that he wants Habakkuk to write down and to deliver, deliver to the people. And it's a message that's going to come to pass, but it's going to be at a future time. We need to write down the visions that God gives us for our life. We need to write down the things that we're putting a demand on God for, that we have a vision for. The vision needs to be written plainly so that we can achieve it. Because if it's not written down, if it's not in paper, you know, I can tell you what I want to get done. But if, but if I don't write it down and, and, and have a specific goal in mind, I'm going to be like a Roomba vacuum cleaner. I'm going to be going until I hit a wall, and then I'm going to turn, and I'm going to go in another direction until I hit a wall. But if I've got a direction, if I've got a goal in mind, if I've got a place, a thing that I want to achieve, then I can see it, and that can be my destination. And the vision needs to stay in front of it. It needs to be posted in a place that, where we can see it and, and we can move forward in it. Hey, write your list down and put it on your refrigerator because I know you're going to be getting in your refrigerator. Stick it up on the front of that refrigerator so every time you open the door and get something out that you ain't supposed to be eating, then you're going to see it and you're going to know exactly where you need to be going. We can see that goal and we can see where God wants us to be. You know, writing that vision down gives it greater importance in our life. Like I said, I work better with the list. You give me a list, you write it down, hey, this is what we need to get done. I'm going to work until I get that done because I don't want that thing hanging over my head. And you know, that word vision is also interpreted 
Revelations, Proverbs, uh, you know, Proverbs twenty nine eighteen, where there is no vision, the people perish. It's not just talking about vision; it's talking about revelation. You know, you got to get a revelation of what God wants you to accomplish in your life. God didn't call us. God didn't save us from the mess that we were in for us to sit and warm a pew in a church. God called each one of us to be workers, to be a part of the kingdom plan, to bring souls into the kingdom, to get people saved, to show them just how much that Jesus loved them, that he died for them, that he rose again for them, that he took the stripes on his back for them. When's the last time you told anybody about Jesus? But, but like I said, it's also interpreted revelation. We've got to get a revelation of what God wants us to accomplish in our life. Not just what he wants to accomplish, but we have to get a vision of what we want to accomplish. There are things that I want to do. There are things that I want to accomplish. But if I'm not working to get those things accomplished, they're not going to get done. So where there's no vision, the people perish. That, and that word uh, perish has, has a few different meanings. You know, if you go back to the root word, and I'm not going to give you the root word because you're, gonna, you're not going to understand it and you're not going to care anyway but if you take that root word and you look at the different definitions of it it means to become naked to be barren to go backwards you know if we don't have a mental sight of what god has for us then we're not going to be protected. We're not going to be clothed by god. We're not going to give birth to new things in the spirit and we're going to go backwards you got to have visions, and you've got to have dreams. And so you got to wait for God to give you the vision. you got to write it down and make it plain so that you can understand it, so that you can see what you want to get done so that you can have a goal so that you can see where it is that you need what it is that you need to accomplish and whenever you achieve it then you can check it off and here's the thing if if what you're wanting to do and if what God is wanting you to do doesn't scare you it's not big enough because we got to trust God and we got to believe God and we got to know that God is going to be the one that when we get it done, we're going to realize and we're going to understand that God, I, I didn't get here out of my own strength, out of my own ability, out of my own understanding God, but you're the one that you brought me in, you taught me and you carried me through and you brought me to this place where I can accomplish great things for your kingdom. So, so we we got to wait on the Lord, and we got to write it down, and we got to make it plain, and then we got to run with it. 
verse 2 again there says that he who reads it may run with it. Vision has to have legs. You know, our vision is like a box. And that box ain't going to go nowhere unless we use our legs and we pick it up and we run with it. Vision just doesn't happen. It, it doesn't just pop up and here it is and and there you go. You got to take steps toward vision. You got to work to get it done, and, and, and got to just not take steps. But we got to run with it. We got to work hard. You know, I, I I can. You can take me out, and I can walk all day long. But you tell me to run, and I'm gonna get about fifty feet. Because I'm fat and I'm out of shape. But I got to get to where I can run. I've got to get to where. Spiritually, I've got to get to where I'm not just walking, but I'm running. Because there are things that we need to to accomplish. You know, when, whenever I was a kid, it seemed like when I was in elementary school. And we get out of school for the summer. It seemed that summer lasted for eons. But now here we are. I'm 56 years old. And time is passing by faster and faster. And faster. My wife and I were talking just last night. I asked her, I said, where are we going for dinner uh, Tuesday evening? She sort of looked at me. I said, that's the 14th anniversary of our first date. seem like it's been that long. Then she looked at me and said, and sometimes it seems like it's been a lot longer. But time is just passing by faster and faster and faster. But we got to take, not just take steps, we got to run. We, we've got to run with it. James 2.26 says, for as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. We've got to do something. Luke 14, 28. But don't begin until you count the cost. For who would begin construction of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there's enough money to finish it? And here's the thing. Just because God says something doesn't mean that it's going to happen. you got to be a part of it because God can tell you something and God can want to work something on the inside of you and God might have a great place for you and might have a great opportunity for you and God might have great things for you to get done to be a blessing to the kingdom of God. But if you don't cooperate, nothing's going to get done. 
Vision is dependent on your obedience. To possess the things that God has for you, you've got to take the necessary steps to do it. Proverbs 6, uh, 6 through 11 says this, Go to the ant, you sluggard, consider its ways and be wise. It has no commander, no overseer or ruler, yet it stores its provisions in summer and gathers its food at harvest. How long will you lie there, you sluggard? When will you get up from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come on you like a thief and scarcity like an armed man. Laziness is the thief of vision. Because you can have a vision and you can see great things in your life, but if you're too lazy to do anything, it's not going to get accomplished. It's not going to come to pass. So we got to wait. We have to write it down and make it plain. we got to run with the vision. And we got to be patient for God's timing. Verse 3 of our reading says, For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak, it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come. This, you know, this vision's for a future time. It's going to speak. If it seems slow in coming, wait patiently for it, because it's going to take place. Surely it will. It, it, it won't be delayed. We all want good things to happen in our lives. But all too often we want it now and not later. And when it doesn't happen that way, then, then we're tempted to get mad at God and say, you know, God, when? When, God? When, when? When's it going to happen, God? But we need to focus on trusting God. Instead of focusing on when, God. Hebrews 6, 13 through 15. Says, for example, there was God's promise to Abraham. Since there was no one greater to swear by, God took an oath in his own name, saying, I will certainly bless you and I will multiply your descendants beyond number. Then Abraham waited patiently and he received what God had promised. If you're in the place and you're missing joy and you're missing peace, you're not trusting God. You know, if your mind feels out, uh, feels worn out all the time, you're not trusting God. Trust in God. Wait. Rest in Him. Believe Him. Know that He has things working for you. And, and because you've got a vision of, of, of what you want to do. You know, I, I've said this a lot of times. When I was a teenager, whenever I first got saved, whenever I feel, first felt the call of God on my life to minister the Word of God, I, I asked God, I said, okay, God, I need a word. I, I need a confirmation here. I don't know if this is exactly what you want me to do. I got to know. And he had me open up to the book of Daniel. I, I was reading and, and you know, I, opened up to the book of Daniel. I was reading there and it said that Daniel had a vision and the vision was true but the time appointed was far off. 
I got that word when I was 16 years old. I'm 56 years old now, so 40 years later. Wow, 40 years. 40 years later, um, in that place that God spoke to me about then. This is where I want you at. The time appointed, it's, it's far off. You know, Moses spent 40 years in Egypt, then he spent 40 years at the back backside of the desert tending sheep and then he spent 40 years leading the children of Israel <clears throat> I guess my 40 years getting to this place in my life isn't too bad but we've got to rest in God and we've got to trust in him got to believe him we got to wait on him we got to write down the things that we need to get accomplished that that we want god god wants to accomplish in us and, and we got to run with it and we've got to trust god and, and we've got to be patient for god's timing because vision is change vision is a process A lot of people want change, but they don't want to go through the process to get the change. Vision is seeing change and having the faith to run toward it. A lot of time, change is not comfortable. A lot of time, change is not fun. But we're going to wait. Are you going to wait the wrong way or the right way? If we wait the wrong way, we're miserable. But if we decide to wait God's way, we can be patient, we can enjoy the wait, but it takes practice. But as we let God help us through every situation, we develop the patience to wait for God's vision, to write down the vision and make it plain, to run with the vision, we're doing all that be patient for God's timing amen hallelujah God bless you guys this morning so glad to be able to to come and, and share a little bit of the word to you with you uh, I pray that it was a blessing for you this morning can't wait to see everyone on Wednesday night or next Sunday morning. Remember next Sunday morning, Apostle Flynn and, and Pastor Brenda Council will be with us in service, special service at Faith Fellowship Church. 
tell everyone. Uh, I, I put an event on the church's Facebook page, so share that. Click on it that you're that you're. Click on the event and click on the, the tab that says you're going because if you do that, then more people will see, see the event and we can get more people out. It'd be great if we had a full house, had to set out some extra chairs when the councils are with us in service. Amen. Hallelujah. God bless you guys. We love you. We appreciate you. We'll see you Wednesday evening at Faith Fellowship Church or... Next Sunday morning. God bless you. We love you. This concludes this message. Thank you for listening. We pray that it's been a blessing to you. For more information about FFC or its ministries, please contact the church office. God bless you. And remember, Jesus is Lord.